Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last Sunday, we celebrated Father's Day, and I trust that was a good time of remembrance and celebration for you. Well, today we're going to take a look at what Dr. Harley says is one of her emotional needs, family commitment. She needs him to be a good father. Dr. Harley says that despite the current trend among many young couples to avoid having children, he still believes that the vast majority of women have a powerful instinct to create a family. Above all, wives want their husband to take a leadership role in the family and to commit himself to the moral and educational development of the children. He goes on to say, The ideal scenario for a wife is to marry a man she can look up to and respect, and then have her children grow up to be like their father. We're probably all familiar with Proverbs 22.6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not turn from it. Most wives have no problem seeing the wisdom in these words. They also expect their husband to play a key role in training the children. Women seem to know instinctively what psychologists have discovered in research and practice. A father has a profound influence on his children. Dr. Harley says that in families where the father takes little interest in his children's development, The mother tries desperately to motivate him to change. She buys him books on parenting and leaves them in convenient places. She coaches him to attend seminars sponsored by the church or PTA. She may even ask him to talk with a family counselor in the hope that he can be inspired to greater interest and commitment. Her efforts usually meet with only partial success. More often, she becomes frustrated by excuses, delays, and other unenthusiastic responses on her husband's part. Not uncommonly, such a mother starts looking to other men in her family or circle of friends to meet her need. She must have a man contributing to the well-being of her children. Sometimes a grandfather does the trick. Sometimes it's someone outside the family and that has the potential to lead to great relationship problems. Well, what does a woman really mean when she says she wants her children to have a good father? Behind that remark lie expectations of responsibilities that she wants him to fulfill. Ironically enough, they may conflict with his need for domestic support, which we talked about last week. To deal with such a situation, The couple must achieve open communication in two important areas, time and training. Now here's what I call a duh statement. Parenting takes time, lots of time. And until you become one, you really can't appreciate how much time. A man should devote time to his family. He can strengthen both his marriage and his ties with his children by developing what Dr. Harley calls quality family time. Now this is not to be confused with the child care tasks, feeding, clothing, and watching over children to keep them safe. 
Those are domestic tasks that we discussed last week. Quality time is when the family is together for the moral and educational development of the children. You'll recall from several programs back how Dr. Harley recommended that a husband and wife schedule 15 hours a week for giving undivided attention to each other. That time is to be spent meeting each other's intimate emotional needs so that their romantic love for each other remains strong. If you did this, you probably had to rearrange your priorities, spending your time on what means the most to you. Well, now Dr. Harley makes another recommendation that will undoubtedly require another arrangement of priorities. He recommends another 15 hours a week for quality family time. Now, before you turn this suggestion off as being entirely unrealistic, hear him out. Without a doubt, the hours spent with your children are some of the most important hours of the week. And if you want to influence your children, training them to become successful adults, time together is crucial. But do you actually have that much time left in your schedule? Well, let's look at your total time each week. You have 168 hours in a week. That's uh, 24 hours times 7 days. Let's start our allocation of time with laying down a healthy foundation for your personal well-being. 8 hours of sleep each night. Now I know most of you probably don't get that, but play along with me. 8 hours of sleep a night is 56 hours a week. Taking that away from our 168 total hours leaves us with 112 hours. If you estimate the time it takes to get ready for work in the morning and ready for bed at night to take another 12 hours, that leaves 100 hours. Your job, including getting there and returning home again, should not take more than 50 hours a week. According to Dr. Harley, If you want to work more than that, you cannot achieve your most important objectives in life. After carving away time for all these things, there are still 50 hours left for you to schedule. You have 15 hours for undivided attention and another 15 hours for quality family time, leaving you 20 hours for everything else you want to accomplish. Household tasks, hobbies, church activities, more time at work, or just sitting at home relaxing. A time budget, or a weekly schedule if you will, is like a financial budget. It helps keep your priorities straight. As we've talked about before, if you don't budget your money, or tell it where to go, you will make so many low-priority purchases that you will have no money left for things that are truly important to you. Well, the same is true with a time budget. If you don't schedule your week with your highest priorities in mind, you'll run out of time before you can accomplish them. To make this change for your family, you will need to eliminate some activities that are currently in your schedule. But ask yourself, are the activities you will be eliminating more important than your care for each other and your care for your children? Well, once you've carved out the hours in your schedule, you'll be ready to consider what you will be doing during this time. Remember, the purpose of quality family time is the moral and educational development of your children. 
Among the most important lessons to be taught are thoughtfulness and how to care for each other. So your activities should focus attention on helping each other, showing a cooperative spirit. Keep your family together as a unit during this time and make it fun for your children, not a time of drudgery. Well, what should you be doing during quality family time? Consider activities such as these. Meals together as a family. Going for walks and bike rides. Attending church services. Family meetings. Playing board games together. Reading to the children before bedtime. Helping the children with financial planning. Family projects and household tasks. Be certain these are fun for the children, working on them together as a family. You may actually find that making room in your schedule for quality family time doesn't really require the elimination of activities, but rather their modification. For example, if your family currently has meals on the run with everyone grabbing a bite to eat separately, start having your meals together. Instead of activities that separate your family members, try to do things as a family. One of the biggest consumers of parental time is sports leagues. Can athletic activities be planned that keep the family together? If you have children under the age of 12, you will find it fairly easy to motivate them to spend time with you in this way. Once they reach their teens, however, they will begin to tax your ingenuity. Now they want to spend most of their time with their friends. Your family begins to see less and less of them. To compensate, develop well-planned events aimed at teens. Otherwise, they will express their dissatisfaction clearly and strongly. If your children have grown up with such family time, it should not be too difficult to get them to continue the practice. Now, that doesn't mean you will not be challenged by teens who have other plans. But with some more thought and perhaps more expense in your plans, you can develop something your teens will agree to continue. If you try to start family time during your children's teen years, they may not agree at all to such an arrangement. In such situations, if the arguments become too heated, you may just have to forget about quality family time. Most educators realize that children are easier to influence than teens or adults. Take a page from their book. And if your children are still young, make the most of your ability to mold them with quality moral standards and life principles that can benefit them for years. Keep in mind the goal of training your child in the way he should go with his future needs in mind. If you take family time seriously in your children's early growth stages, you will not find yourself in trouble later. Parenting takes training and lots of training if you want to parent your children well. You know, no one is born knowing how to care for a child. Hundreds of books on parenting appear on bookstore and library shelves each year, and countless seminars try to explain how to train children. Well, our time is gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, 
you can go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.